good, everybody in Chicago? This is the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 249 of our show. Shout out to everybody in Twitch land. Shout out to everyone in broadcast land. I think all our mics sound nice and are juicy and wonderful. Yes. What up to everybody? Yo, shout out to my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes science look good, the man who makes tutoring look good, the man who makes moving look good, the man who makes mini froze look good. It is that man, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Um, as I was explaining in our Twitch chat, um, and I tweeted out, um, I'm out here like King Hippo, man. I got a Band-Aid on my belly. Um <laughs> And I feel like somebody's gonna come by and expose my my weak point and um, make me drop my pants, man, by punching me in the stomach. I don't want that to happen. What's the what's the so, actual? I need to find the actual like uh, sound effect for when he gets punched in the belly because it is pretty good. Yeah. Also, I was very very disappointed. I was looking when I set up the uh, tweet. I was looking through the little GIF part to find a little animated thing of King Hippo. Sorely disappointed. I found maybe one. Mike Tyson's punch out King Hippo GIF after scrolling for what seemed like an eternity. What is wrong with y'all? I don't, get some, I don't know. Get some King Hippo GIFs up in there. Yeah, well, you have Giphy. You can go on Giphy and make one. You, I sh- nothing, I, I shouldn't have wrong to do with you. this. Nothing wrong with your you know, hands. Like, like, uh, like, I expect tons and tons of uh, Captain N related GIFs from King Hippo <laughs> and Eggplant Wizard and uh, all of them and like, like Mother Brain, come on, y'all. That's get pretty the, good get... that you remembered half the name of the of the cast from that show. I did not remember that yeah. at all. I, you were I like, I was big... like, eggplant. What the hell is the eggplant, man? I, I was a very large Kachu. fan. I was a huge fan of Captain N. Oh my so, god! Yes. Huge shout out to uh, Teen Turbo who got a who got a mention by me on Twitter the other day because of uh, the Devil May Cry footage that showed up where he used his motorcycle as a weapon. So I was like, yo, that reminds me totally of Teen Turbo. If you don't know what Teen Turbo is, one, you're really young, probably. Two, uh, it was an obscure reference. And three, Teen Turbo is the shit. So if you have not seen <laughs> Teen Turbo, you need to go watch that cartoon somewhere on YouTube. I'm sure it's there. Uh, you can definitely find that. Um, our other man, our mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes bourbon look good, uh, is not here this week because he is a little bit under the weather. Hence the, uh, Sanford and son. Oh my God. Help me Elizabeth gift that is rolling right now in the, <laughs> in the stream. Um, uh, so shout out, shout out to, to him doing this thing, uh, out there in, uh, real life land, getting things done. Um, again, we said it's episode 249 of our show. We are almost on the brink of episode 250. I can't believe I just said that out loud. That's majesty, magical madness. It, it, is, it is magical. And, and like also, also shout out to um, Tanya in the chat as well. Shout out to Cypher uh, Tier up in the chat. On, but, you know, she is representing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. 250 is crazy. I, I, I was trying to look up what episode I joined. I couldn't quite find it, but I know even before I joined, I was in in and out here and there on yep. various early episodes. So I do feel like I've been kind of a part of the a part of the ride uh, from the first episode. So yeah, it's it's uh, pretty crazy. I mean, it's it uh, sucks that I won't be at PAX to celebrate with you guys, but. Um, I know y'all y'all will knock it out the park. A continuation from the previous show that we did together, Character Select. So so really we're doing episode like 
402 <laughs> of shows together at this point. Sweet. Uh, but word, shout out to everybody uh, up in this piece doing their thing. Um, we have a really dope show this week. Uh, if you missed last week's show, we had the amazing Kelly Wallach, uh, founder of Indie Megabooth, rocking with us last week. If you have not checked out that show, please do so uh, because it was a lot of fun. She's amazing. We hope to get her back on on the show uh, sometime soon to talk about science uh, because she has a science background uh, that I didn't even know about until she shared that information with us on the stream, um, yeah. which was super, super cool. Oh, um, I was totally geeking out when I heard that. I, I, that's I was like good. about to take over the show, but I was like, no, no. I, I saw your face too. Your face, your face lit up real hard when she started talking about the oh, science stuff that she did. Oh yeah. It's, and that stuff is great. Like I love getting those little tidbits of information about, about people when, you know, you feel like you've known their work for a very long time and then you get to hear a new like flavor of thing that they did or, or still kind of mess around with. So shout out to Kelly for being amazingly dope. Um, and hanging out with us last week. Um, yeah, we have some cool stuff coming again for 250. Uh, 250 will be shown live at PAX. Uh, so that'll be fun. It'll be on Saturday. We'll talk about it again at the end of the show, but Saturday, the 1st of September, uh, it'll be me, Cicero, Blessing, and Grand Pooh Bear rocking out, doing our thing. Make sure you come by. We'll have some pins uh, for folks. Uh, if you've not seen the Bricago pins, check out the Spawn on Me Instagram. Uh, that stuff is there. Uh, Do you have, have like, made, the time and the room and stuff? It'll be 4.30 p.m. at the Sandworm Theater. Um, from what I hear, it is a 500-person capacity room. Uh, so we would love to get as many Rikagoans, Grand Poobarans, and OK Beastians up in that piece. <laughs> so so we want. We, it will be amazing to, to, to fill that bad boy up. I would cry. I'm not going to lie. If we get... Even half that room filled, I'm probably going to cry on stage. Uh, and it'll probably be a snot bubble cry, which will not be sexy at all. Uh, but it'll be really fun to kind of go down memory lane for a hot second before we start to talk to Blessing and uh, Grand Pooer about the wonderful things that they're doing as well. Um, stuff that's happening this week uh, is Gamescom is happening this week. Uh, if you have not been paying attention to that stuff... Um, I feel like it's a it's a conference that over here in the States gets, you know, gets kind of forgotten because E3 is our big is our big one. Uh, but Gamescom is basically the E3 for for folks overseas. Um, and, I, and it's been one of those uh, conferences that I feel keeps getting bigger every year, uh, which is fantastic. But also, from what I hear, very, very stinky. <laughs> it's like, I hear it's like. It is a con. I hear, I hear it's like really stinky. Like I hear like it's the one, it's the one piece of information that I hear consistently every year from people who go from the press, from the fans, that it's a very funk filled show. <laughs> I, like, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a funk, like, like this is funky, like, like that kind of funk or you like, like you ain't wash your ass funky. That like kind you, of funk. Like you okay. need to put on the older rent. Real, yeah. real smelly, funky. But um, I have to give a huge shout out. Actually, before we talk about the actual games that showed there, um, huge shout out to the folks over at the Game Fanatics. Um, we have been following. Well, I've been following their work for a very long time. Um, it is a black owned outfit who does fantastic work uh, in the gaming space. Shout out to Charles, who runs that. Uh, I see him often at events. Um, he's constantly with his camera in his hand, grinding, grinding 
all day, every day, and they have been putting out quality work for a long time. They are the first people who put me onto the IEDs uh, because Mona and yes. May used to do content for them um, back in the day. And now May is still doing wonderful stuff. And Mona is over there. I mean, May is over at Patreon now. And Mona is, yep. I think, over at uh, WB. So, you know, it tells you that you can do stuff in this industry from a smaller outlet and then, you know, get found and have your work shared and uh, and grow into grow into getting into the business. I'm still mad I missed that show that they were on. We we, we got to have them back on. Yeah, we definitely have to have them back on. Like, I, it was a, it was such a good episode. Like, it was such a fun, fun, fun episode. Oh, uh, Tanya says that she's at YouTube now. That's right. That's right. She's over at YouTube. That's uh, Mona. Mona Ayed is over at YouTube. Um, damn, she's been she's been doing her thing because I forgot that she was over there now. Um, so yeah, Gamescom is full of lots of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some of the games that I'm super excited for. Uh, that got some love over there. Um, gosh, there's so many, so many new things. So, so well, well, I could definitely start with uh, some of mine. Yeah, um, I would love that. Start off with some of yours. Sure. Uh, so they showed some uh, gameplay of the Resident Evil 2 remake. Ooh, yes. Um, and they showed some specifically with uh, Claire in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it looked really good. I, I mean, I mean, of course it's going to look good, right? Um, but the fact that it uses, like, you know, the big thing is that it uses kind of the RE4 kind of, uh, you know, like the behind-the-shoulder kind of uh, The actual engine-engine. And, and it, it works. It works. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's going to be some people that miss the tank gameplay and they feel like it takes away from the scariness of it. But I'm like, yo, you can always play the original you know what I'm saying? And the remasters and all that stuff. But um, I think that this is going to be a great way to, one, introduce people to the game that haven't played it. Because don't forget, the game came out a long time ago. There's plenty yeah. of gamers that it came out before they were born or even <laughs> into games, you know? I think, yeah. Um, isn't, that, isn't that real, though? It's like, it's really, it really has been out before people have been born. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, just, you know, just like with all these, like, discussions that we always have about sort of the history of games and, like, how we can keep older games alive. Like, I like to see old, like, great older games get, like, redone and, like, a remade. So, at the very least, we have these new versions if, you know, if something happens to the original game. So, um, super excited about that. Um, also, uh, they they also had some uh, footage of uh, Devil May Cry 5. They had, like, some uh, new footage, and they announced that, like, that'll be dropping in march yeah um i thought it looked good as i've said like before i'm not the hugest devil may cry fan um i think it's kind of like wore out its welcome in terms of what what it does i do i do um but i can't deny that this one looks graphically it looks incredible like like it's like the kind of game that even if i don't get it that like i would definitely probably sit and watch a let's play of because it does like it just looks beautiful yeah you know um yeah and uh also kind of a weird announcement that uh saints row the third is coming to the switch (laughs) so not saints row four you know like not not like the one with the aliens well spoiler alert for saints row four not the one with the aliens taking over and you being the president and all that stuff this is like the the uh third one i looked into the into this and they basically said that basically the way that the code for the 
the third one is makes it much easier to port um and that something about the fourth uh you know something with the coding that uh w that like would have made it a lot more uh diff diff difficult my guess is that they're kind of just testing the waters with the switch and they want to do like an easy port and i'm fine with that because like to have a game like that portable to me is like awesome you know yeah um the saints row games are like the perfect games for just fucking around for like a little bit you, you, you know what i'm saying for 10 15 minutes yeah um so so like i think that that's a great get um and i hope 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 it's not 60 bucks though it's the only thing i don't want mm. them trying to drop this like this is like a new game ip it's like a seven-year-old game so i'm hoping that it's priced appropriately yeah um so uh, yeah, my, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff, but but before I get into that, have did you uh, recall any uh, favorites that uh, you have for, from the announcements? So since my birthday is tomorrow, I want, I really, really want that um, trilogy, or is it a trilogy? The the horror anthology from the folks who made uh, uh, yes. Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yep. That looks like everything I want on the planet. If I could have that right now, that would be the perfect birthday present. I want that to be a thing that I just own and play on stream and like freak out with the, the folks in the chat. Like I love the Until Dawn series. I love all the stuff that Supermassive has been doing in that space. I feel like they have figured out a way to bring all the cheesy horror flicks that I grew up and loved and have figured out a way to make it a digital interactives thing that I can definitely play over and over again. Like until dawn, I've played some of it, but I haven't actually finished it because I stopped it and was like, I really should be playing this on stream. But at the time they didn't have like Twitch wasn't fast enough. They didn't have the low latency mode yet. So I kind of waited to make sure that they did that thing later on. Um, so I'm like excited for the fact that that's going to be a thing that's going to be coming out. Uh, but I'm super excited as well that yeah. I have to kind of like wait a little bit. Yeah, and like if if you're not excited about this, I I think this sentence on Polygon's article about it kind of makes me excited. It says players switch between a cast of four American tourists in what sounds like a deadly Gilligan's Island esque <laughs> experience. Their summer cruise turns into a fight for survival upon a haunted world war two era ship that alone to me i'm like i'm in you know what i'm saying that's yeah, enough yeah, yeah. for me to be excited about it you know yeah yeah so that's going to be a game that i'm going to probably freak out about and play a lot of um sekiro uh that game got, is getting yes. a lot of love in in the games con uh, conversation um I, it's it's weird because like i am not a huge fan of the dark soul games in terms of playing them I like watching good people who know how to play them, play them. Um, I tried Bloodborne and loved it. Um, but it's one of those things that if you don't continue to to stick with it, your skills diminish. And you also kind of re don't remember where you were supposed to go next. So I'm totally lost at this point in my Bloodborne run. So I have to either start that <laughs> whole thing over again or just give up on it or basically just like jump on some YouTube streams and look at that stuff. And then, and then look at it from there to try to catch up where, where I'm at. Um, and there's just too many things that I'm playing right now that I, that I just don't have time for, uh, to jump back. Yeah. In there. Yeah, yeah. Also with uh Sakura, I've seen a lot of buzz and I originally thought this too, that because it was featured, um, 
um you know that like it a lot of people thought it was like a playstation exclusive yeah um but it's it's multi-platform it's pc playstation and microsoft so um i'm looking forward to definitely trying it out on on the pc side when when it drops next year that's gonna look really good on pc like the beautiful thing about those games is that they're grotesquely grotesquely beautiful they have like this really interesting art style that's like super gross but also really intricate in the way that they they've designed the monsters in most of those games which is which is super cool it's like one of those things that you don't really pay attention to having those things kind of connected, but it's dope. Um, the other thing that I remember coming out of um, Gamescom this week, uh, which was not a highlight, but it was a very much a low light, uh, was the cyberpunk tweet that came out, um, I think, during the time that they were sharing um, new screenshots of the game, which looked fantastic. Um, they looked super good, but they, they shared out a transphobic tweet that kind of um, use the are you are you assuming my gender uh, meme um, towards you know someone who was having a conversation about looking at one of the screenshots and they talked about that and that's that started a, a little uproar on Twitter which deservedly so they got shit for um, and it sucks because it's like one of those things where you know I'm really excited for that game um, it was nice to be featured in one of their um, one of their promo blasts out that they did like right after E3. Um, So it's like, it sucks because it's like one of those things where everyone who has seen it is really excited for it. People who are, who have not had a chance to play it are really excited. And it feels like it just added this extra layer of just like yuck to a game that everyone is super excited. I mean, look like it was a learning experience for me because I was not familiar with that um, transphobic meme at all. Um, so when I originally saw the uh, tweet, I didn't really, you know, think much about it. But yeah. then I started looking into the research. They were gratefully, um, a lot of people were kind of, you know, I, I, I always hate for people that are offended by something or victims to have to sort of, uh, you know, do the labor of explaining it. So I kind of yeah. like looked into it and I found that, yeah, this is something that, you know, has been used a lot of times, you know, as, as, as sort of. A, a parody of uh people that deal with being misgendered so yep. um you know i i think it was i think it was a learning experience for a lot of people and whoever wrote that like a tweet it's like don't try to get laughs by you know making fun of this of of marginalized people like that's basically what that is and i hope that that person was dealt with appropriately damn we've um, said dealt with no, I'm just yeah, playing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm just playing. I mean, I'm just like, it w- it'd be the same way if, like, somebody tried to do some anti-black shit or, or, or some anti-gay shit or some Agreed. misogynistic shit. Like, like, don't try to stomp on marginalized people for laughs. Like, so. Um, and also, yeah. and the weird thing was, then they didn't, it, so it came out, like, early in the morning here in the States, I believe. So it had time to, like, chill on the internet and marinate. Um, and then when, once folks over here kind of found it, uh, that's when everything kind of jumped off and was like, yo, that's fucked up. Um, but the apology was really bad too. Like they did the, I'm sorry if you were offended move. Like they literally said that. Yeah. And I was like, word for word. Oh, what do you do? So here's the thing too, is just like, I, 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 I feel like one of the things that people do often in these circumstances is they take the time 
to think about the apology that they want to put out. And then they still fuck up the apology. <laughs> like, that's the thing that bugs me out where it's like, as a person who's trying to work in that field and has done some work in that field, like anytime I see stuff like that happen, I'm like, this is why I feel folks who are, should be in positions where they can talk about these things in good ways need to be the ones in control of people's social media channels. It's like, if you haven't been a marginalized person, you someone from your team is probably going to fuck a thing up. And it feels like it always happens where you always see that. And it's such a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. So, and like, I think the problem is like, like you said, thinking about the apology, I think they tend to overthink it. And of course, anytime a company wants to make some kind of statement, it's always going to be like tested and the legal team probably and PR people. But honestly, all you got to say is, yeah, we fucked up. Yep. Like, you don't have to try to over explain it. Like, you don't have to try to CYA. Like, you don't have to. And definitely you don't want to be like, sorry to those who are offended or all that kind of shit. Like, like, you know, like, uh, it's just like, just admit that you messed up and say like we'll do better in the future and then that's it like two sentence apology you know like i feel like people try to make these elaborate things and they end up fucking up because it shouldn't be elaborate like it should just be like admit what you (laughs) did and take accountability and that's it take that l to your chest and just deal with it like it's not that difficult I, i hate to see people consistently mess this up because it's not a difficult thing to rectify like and and it was a great I was watching Waypoint's um uh podcast yesterday and they had a conversation about this. And Patrick and, and Austin were talking about, you know, how the reaction to this is going to maybe affect sales. And people were like and they they kind of came down the line of like, well, there isn't a lot that's gonna necessarily keep this from selling well because people will have a short either attention span or you know, they, they have, they will figure out ways to kind of work it out in their brain that it's, you know, something that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so I, I don't know, like, I don't know what's going to happen with them in, in this particular game. I think this incident will, will kind of go away because the game is not coming out very soon. Um, but I think for the people who were affected by that particular tweet and saw the subsequent uh, apology, those folks probably are out. Like I've seen a lot yeah. of people who were on oh for sure Twitter who were just like yo that was fucked up so and I don't want to buy your game now yeah I mean they're definitely gonna they're gonna lose some people and most importantly they're gonna lose that mind share you know yeah. like the game is still gonna sell like I'm cynical enough to think even if a game developer came out and used some fucking just old school slavery ass like undeniably uh racist language it was still so yeah you know like nothing's gonna stop a sell sale of a media product that people judge as technically good yeah. but but you might lose some key to key demographics you know and yeah. and and to me that's important yeah. you know um so it's it's you know it's like something that Again, I just hope that them and some and the other companies that are paying attention to this really take seriously. Yeah, and I and I hope that they can figure out a way to to re ingratiate themselves back to the community in a good way, 
because um, having met some of the folks on the team at E3, like it sounds like a lot of the folks that I met who were up the up the ranks or up the ladders did seem to want to really give like they kind of want to do well by the work and seems like they kind of want to do well by the, the quote unquote politics of the game so far from what I've heard and from the folks that I spoke to. But again, it's like a company that big is CD project red. You're going to have holes in your game and you're going to have people who are just not, not on point. And it sucks that the person who was not on point was in charge of the social because <laughs> yeah, that that's sure. not on point at all. Um, Anywho, um, was there anything else from Gamescom that that kind of perked your uh, your interest, or piqued your interest? Um, I think Microsoft get, made a good uh, decision by s- making an announcement to significantly uh, discount Xbox Game Pass. Mm. Uh, so you can check out two months for two dollars if you just want to just like check it out and just see. And I think that they're going to sell a lot of Game Passes um, by by like people j- just like dipping in and like just just like having this huge access to like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, I think Microsoft is really pushing the industry forward with game pass. And I, and I really hope that um, it's something that um, that continues to uh, be, su- be successful. Um, yeah. There was also a bunch of Shenmue stuff. So like, so it's like Shenmue three in like August. Plus uh, they released Shenmue one and two on the PC. So if, if, if you're a Shamu fan, you can go drive forklifts on the PC until you pass out. <laughs> um, and then get ready for for the new Shenmue. It's so crazy that Shenmue 3 is actually dropping. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that excited me as a PC gamer is that NVIDIA announced their uh, their, their, their their new cards. Oh my God. Yeah, they're they're uh, 2000 series cards, which means... For me, because I never get the bleeding edge stuff because it's too much. So, like, what that means for me is that the like 1080s and stuff are going to go on sale. So that's when I'm gonna I'm gonna cop one. So like, I have a 1070 now. Um, so like, now I can possibly go up to the to the Paris level and get a oh uh, snap a, 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 a 1080 Ti with your name uh, emblazoned on the side of it. Your yeah, twi- your and, Twitch uh, handle. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and, and yeah for the. Uh, Uninitiated, I meant Paris Lily from uh, Gamer Tag Radio, not Paris, the uh, the uh, city. Even though Paris might be mayor of Paris, France, I'm not sure. Paris has a um, lot of Paris, the city has a lot of uh, resolution in it, so that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's but, true. But but um but um yeah. So what that means is all these like data miners and Bitcoin people that were driving up the, uh, for the, uh, the uh, prices of the uh, 10 series. Now we're going to jump to the 20 series because it's more powerful. So I can finally get my 1080 at a decent price. You're right though. <laughs> like I'm, I'm betting yeah. right now that at least cause the, well, first of all, let me take a step back. Did you watch the actual like uh conference? The little, the, the thing? Um, I saw clips of the main announcement and like reveal. Yo, fam, that was the longest ass announcement for a video card that I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. I sat there and watched the whole thing and shout out to to the CEO of of the company of NVIDIA. NVIDIA, yeah. Because you can tell how passionate he is about some of this stuff. And now that I work in that field um, in some form or fashion... Um, I like hearing some of the terminology was, was like, oh, okay. I know what that means now, but for the layman, 
that shit was just way over people's heads. That thing was, oh, it was un- not meant for the approachable and unrelatable to anybody. Anybody who was just like, yo, I want to play Battlefield 5 in 1080, 60, 4K, 60 with mad stuff in it on Ultra was like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> Nobody knew what the hell he was talking about. And he was just like fumbling through stuff and he was trying to make it happen and trying to be cool at the same time. And then he took off his leather jacket and I was like, oh shit, now it's time. We're about to get the card ready. And then he started talking about the history of graphics. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. And then he and went, I, for the, which was I cool. It. I like that part. I loved it. That part was super um, cool. Because that was yeah. definitely like one of those like we have come a very long way in a very short time things, yep. which I love to see. Uh, but it was hella boring. It was super boring. And then when he hit the price, everybody on the stream dropped off the stream. <laughs> that yeah. was the part that made me laugh super hard because it was like 1500. No, it was like 15 to 22,000, something like that. In the stream, yeah, I mean, he was yes. like, "You can get this car for fifteen hundred dollars." No, it was fifteen or twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, that joint dropped by like six hundred people. Yeah, like six hundred people was like, I, "Nah, fuck you, bro." But like, they should know what to expect. Like, that's this is bleeding edge shit. Like, this is not meant for the, you know. I mean, like PC gamers are already a niche. This is like the niche of the niche. This is like niche, niche squared people. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, look at the, the math skills of one Captain Cully. Yeah, I know math. Um, yeah, I I think the uh, the uh, funniest stream moment f- for me is I was watching when um, Dice was talking about Battlefield, uh, and they showed this clip, and, you know this this like montage, and then at at the uh, at the end, it like basically said free uh, free. Uh, ch- ch- trial and then the and then the uh clip ended you you know i don't know if it's a difference with like european press but you know there was no applause it just ended yeah and and then the guys on the uh stage was like i don't know if you saw that uh last part but there's gonna be a free trial of (laughs) battlefield and there was no reaction from the crowd it was hilarious to me because it was definitely like they were fishing for like some, it was a please clap moment. Like some kind of, it was hilarious. I I was laughing about it for a long time. Which it is definitely probably was. Me, which is probably mean of me, but it was hilarious. You just wait till <laughs> you have to announce a, a thing on stage, Reef. Then then you see yeah. how 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 you'll be you'll be empathetic to that man who just got a please yeah. clap moment and didn't get any claps. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll like be up there in my Steve Jobs like turtleneck and my jeans. And I'll, I'll I'll be spitting that fire. When we have Bracago Con and you're you're doing the keynote, yeah, I, I want totally that to I want keynote. that to be the thing. I want you to be the keynote speaker, and then just start busting out trigonometry, and oh, you can have awesome. your you can have your over everybody's head moment, and it'll be oh, super. That would, dope. Be, that would be awesome, actually. I'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get we'll get you a telestrator. You could be the czar of the telestrator for us, and then yeah. you do trig. Yes, yeah, so, so so I'm I'm actually going to be um, I'm in negotiations to do some uh, science talks at one of the local bars here. Yeah, um, and part part of the challenge is like you know to do something that is interesting but not too far over people's heads, especially since people are going to be partially drunk and I'm going to be partially drunk. 
Uh, I say partially because uh, I don't want to feel like I'm be super inebriated, but hey, I'm gonna have some drinks, so you know, <laughs> I know about the balance. But uh, but um, yeah, if, if you haven't seen that battlefield moment, just just, just look it up because I thought it was absolutely hilarious. If you like to laugh at uh, what's that word? Schadenfreude, I think it is. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schadenfreude. It was, it was t- yeah, it was a total moment where I was just like, wow, you you, you guys really are desperate for somebody to go yeah or something like that (laughs) well speaking speaking of a not clap moment uh the folks over at twitch announced this week uh that they are taking their twitch ball and going home a little bit when it comes to ads being on your stream uh they announced in a blog post that ad free viewing experiences won't be available through Prime accounts beginning on September 14th. Uh new subscribers won't be able to reap those uh, privileges at all, but people who signed up for annual subscriptions get a little bit of leeway. Uh they say Twitch Prime members with monthly subscriptions will continue to get ad viewing until October 15th, uh according to the blog post, but if you've already had an annual subscription or if you upgrade to an annual subscription before September 14th, you'll be able to continue with ad free viewing until your next renewal date. So, oh man, I don't know. I, I this think this is a really bad sucks. Because like even before, so 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 like j- just just so everybody knows all the terms. So Twitch Prime is what you get for free as an Amazon Prime member. Before Twitch Prime, they used to have Twitch Turbo, which is where you had you had to pay a, a monthly fee and like and like and like that gave you no ads and like a faster like a bit rates mm-hmm. um so i remember when when like uh twitch first you know first was getting like hot and you would literally be watching a stream and an ad would just pop up and it would be super annoying yeah you know so like so like i remember paying for twitch turbo just to get rid of the ads and then when twitch prime came out after like amazon bought twitch then I was able to cancel the turbo because I was like, oh, like now I get it free. So my guess is that, you know, Amazon, you know, they're like, yo, we 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 lost a, bi- a big revenue source because we know ads are annoying and that people will be willing to get to p- pay for them. So they're basically saying that I would have to go back to paying for this Twitch turbo thing mm-hmm. if I want an ad free experience. Experience. I think it's really, really a bad look for them because even though this, you know, even though there will be people that pay for it, I think overall it's just negative publicity. Yeah. Um, and I also think that if you have somebody that's checking out Twitch, um, you know, it's going to be a negative user experience for them. And I feel like that should be prided over the money, like uh, having a good user experience. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it at all. Well, here's my like question to you. Cause I like, I, so as, as a content creator here on Twitch, like we, we hardly ever, like, I don't ever see ads for multiple reasons, but I know that folks who continue to, you know, use Twitch prime are used to that thing, right? Where it's like, there was a very specific time on the internet where you were inundated with ads all the time. And folks started to use ad blocker. And if you remember when folks started to get their subscriptions in there and their, uh, the sub buttons, there was a huge push by streamers themselves to be like, Hey, we know that you like ad blocker. We know that the internet is annoying with all these pop-ups and these site-wide ads and all this kind of stuff. But if you, you know, either can pay to be on 
uh, via turbo or whatever else the other thing was, or, you know, disable your ad blocker so that we can get a little bit of extra revenue. Do we, do Mm. you think that those folks who have been using ad blockers are going to stop using ad blockers? Like, I think that those folks are still going to continue to use ad blockers anyway. So like, I wonder how this actually negatively affects those people, because I haven't had, like, I use Adblocker. I'll, I'll be honest about that. I'm, I'm one of the bad ones who's, like, not giving people revenue. But well, I, th- I think there's a lot of people that are Amazon Prime owners that don't realize that the reason they see no ads on Twitch is because of the Twitch Prime thing. Yeah. And they're going to be in for a shock. Yeah. You know, like, I think that, you know, you know they're going to be like, what the fuck happened? Why are there ads now? <laughs> I wonder, too, yeah. though, like uh besides besides the fact that there are ads there or the new ads that are going to be there like it feels really kind of dirty because we know amazon is making money hand over fist especially with twitch like twitch i mean i have inside information so it's like i can't say much about how the actual things work uh because i'm an amazon employee but insider insider but it's like knowing just from the conversations that you see on tv all the time about how much money Jeff Bezos makes in a second. <laughs> they're not make, they're not hurting for money. You know what I mean? Like the Amazon's not hurting for money. Twitch themselves aren't hurting for money in a lot of ways. So it feels like a really anti community thing that doesn't, you know, when they've been pushing out stuff, it's been things that hopefully benefit the community, things that hopefully benefit the streamer. And it feels like neither of these things does that, which is really, really weird um, to see yeah. that that's a new thing. I don't, I don't. I just don't yeah. get it. It's weird. Yeah, and like I've read that there are some streamers that are pissed off and are turning off ads because they make most of their money off subs. So like they're like, I don't want a bad user experience for the people that join, so I'm going to turn off ads. Yeah, I'm not saying every streamer is is going to do that, but definitely some high profile ones have uh, have talked about that as well, which obviously is going to you know hurt amazon there as well yeah hazy rome in the chat uh, added some some good uh notes to to remind everybody of he says uh, just to keep track number one they're raising the price by 20 bucks number two they got rid of 20 percent off pre-orders uh, plus they got rid of 20 percent off new releases a while back and said in point three they're oh, putting yes. back ads regardless of twitch prime and telling people to go get twitch turbo shout out to hazy yep. rome in the chat for uh bringing up those yep. good pieces uh, also go check out his uh, his work over at Able Gamers and his panels that are going to be happening at PAX. Um, but yeah, like those are all things that are not great. Like those are all things that, you know, the pre-order stuff is huge because that, that was a pretty thing. Huge. That's I'm, huge. I mean, I, I, any physical game I get, I always pre-order from Amazon every time, even though I could like, I have a GameStop right down the street. I have stopped buying like, physical games for multiple reasons. And if there were things that I were going to buy gaming wise from uh, Twitch, I mean, from uh, Amazon, my whole reason for having prime was because I was going to get faster shipping. I was going to hopefully get a discount. All those things seem to be like null and void now because of Amazon being type greedy. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's bad. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that they, ran the numbers and said that the numbers are so good that it outweighs the negative, the, the almost universally negative press I've seen on this. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, but that sucks. This sucks. is, this is when three of us who are from the East coast should run up on Jeff Bezos and be like, yo, dead ass son. Yo, you fucked up for doing that. Dead ass. <laughs> yo, 
I feel like <laughs> Jeff Bezos could probably snap his fingers like Thanos and you would disappear. Like I feel like that dude has that much money that he's actually developed in the Finley Gauntlet, and like he's like, ex- except like he's he's like actually tuned it to like you know half the people that are poorer than me uh, <laughs> will like, disappear. You know? He could just rapture poor people. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, yeah. I feel like Jeff Bezos has like all the powers of all the bosses in dead cells. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like he could be the dude that like throws a lightning on the ground and all the spikes pop up and kill people and shit. Like, oh, I feel man. like, I feel like he has that kind of power at this point. Plus he's buff now. So like buff Jeff Bezos can do whatever the fuck he wants. He, he don't even need bodyguards at this point. He'll just snap his fingers and, and do some like crazy over the eye shit and look at people and they just melt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I think it's a bad look. I think most people on Twitch think it's a bad look. I think most people who are big proponents of trying to get everyone in that space to kind of do good work uh feel like this is a back step and I wonder how quickly they will readjust um if they don't see that revenue jump up in a good way um which, you know, even though they make a lot of money, they are still looking at the bottom line. So I think that that's a thing that hopefully will get fixed in a in a in a in a quick way. Uh, because that's pretty stupid. Um, let's take a quick break um, and then we'll come back with our last uh, topic for episode 249. Uh, everybody hang out in the chat. Everyone do your thing uh, and get some uh, food in your belly, some water in your belly. Uh, hopefully not Reese belly because it still hurts. Uh, and we'll be yeah, right back after. Don't punch me in my belly, please. <laughs> right after this. What up, Bricago? We are the crew of the Optional Podcast, coming to you each week from New York City, where we host a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment. Our show is for everybody looking for a fresh new take on gaming culture and how it intersects with movies, music, anime, food, and whatever else we love. Check us out at theoptionalpodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, and all major podcast services. This isn't your typical gaming podcast. This is video game commentary for the rest of us. What's good, Internet? This is Austin Walker, a.k.a. Professor Killer, a.k.a. David Foster Flawless, a.k.a. Bars Von Trier. You already know what it is. And since you do, you should also already know that Spawn On Me keeps it real when it comes to games, culture, and holding it down even when the world is on fire. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Spawn On Me, episode 249. Sharif Jackson and Khalif Adams in the place to be. Um, Ka, I have a question for you. Do you think we can fix the internet? I think that there is the ability to fix the internet, but only if we get inside the internet first. Just remember, you got to unclog the tubes, man. That's what it is. A bunch of tubes. You got to unclog it. Uh, luckily, uh, Gita Jackson of, uh, previous guest, friend of the show and now of uh kotaku uh, wrote this really really dope article called we can't fix the internet it's a great long read but it really really delves into kind of like internet culture and like how a, a lot of the uh sort of the uh, toxicity and like that stuff is not a, a new thing you know um she starts off by Essentially talking about some of the uh, fandoms on Live Journal that she was a part of. Did you have a Live Journal account, Kyle? No, I missed out on the Live Journal. The Live Journal move. I didn't. I wasn't on that. You know, I had an account, but I only had it because I had a friend that that like had one, and it was private, so I could only read her posts if I had a username. So I had one, but I never posted on it. 
Huh. And I remember I remember getting an email from LiveJournal a couple of years ago that was, that was basically like, hey, uh, we're going to close your account because you've never used it. And I was like, no. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. So, like, she, she just talks about how, like, this, this, like, basically troll troll account like they made all these fake accounts and like uh there was like all this just like harassment and like all the stuff that you know it was like very similar to a lot of the tactics that like uh we see now you know um and she connects that and some of uh, other stories also with uh something awful which i don't know if that site still exists it might be um, i think something something but, awful might actually still be around yeah um but they basically had this idea that um if you paid money to post that that would take care of all the harassment and stuff yeah but as we know now with like with like uh people with their full names harassing people on like a facebook and stuff People will harass even when they are out there. Like they just feel like that they just have just the right to to uh, to uh, do it, you know. Um, and she also talks about shit posting, which I've seen here and there, but I feel like she really, um, I really get it. Get it now. What shit posting is? It's just like posting just some awful shit to get a rise out of people. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't really get that because I've seen some people kind of take ownership of the shit posting word. Like I'm a shit poster. Um, <laughs> I mainly saw a lot of that with like the, like neo Nazis and yeah, all, you know, all these people with the rallies and stuff. And like, they were like, I'm a shit poster, you know? And like, I was like, I, I, I don't know what you mean, you know? Um, yeah. So, um, she basically she like connects all that with like the harassment that like uh, you see on like a Twitter and uh, on on like a Twitch, and I want to read uh, a part of this that like I found part- particularly great. Um, she's like talking about harassment, and then she and then she says one one reasons it's hard to give up these behaviors is that. They work, not always, but often enough. Ship ship posting and call outs can be good ways to expel toxic people. The problem is that drawing lines around communities, keeping tally of who counts and, and, and who doesn't, what's in and what's out is useful only in a very limited way. As funny as it is to quote tweet Donald Trump with a gag about his bizarre and erratic tweets, it accomplishes nothing. Mugs that say... Kovefe did not remove him from office or protect marginalized communities or raise the minimum wage, but they do demonstrate to other people what fandom that you're in. It isn't advocacy. It isn't activism. It's pure performance. Mm. I thought this was great um, because I know, Kai, that you've talked a lot about like your feelings about like call out culture, yep. you know, um, and like uh, kind of like putting people on like blast and i think that like Gita brings up a great point that a lot of it in a way is performative yep you know it's it's like look at me and like what i'm doing more so than this is some bad shit that's like going on that that like i wanted to alert you guys to yeah 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 like i so so it's interesting like 
and again, shout out to Gita for writing this fantastic piece because she has been knocking it out of the, the fucking park in the past in the past year. Um, and it's it's interesting, like you know, I I I am coming up on my fortieth year on the planet, and I've been doing a lot of reflecting on how I behave on the internet myself. So like this this piece really spoke to me specifically because I'm just like yo the performative part is such a real thing now where everyone who feels like they have to jump into a conversation for the sake of it, um, even when it's calling out a bad behavior, it feels like a lot of the things that we deal with on social media give this air of trying to be superior to people who are lesser than you for whatever it be bad behavior or whether it be, um, trying to show that you are in kinship with other people and saying, well, like, here's a terrible thing that happened. I understand that this thing is bad, but I need to jump into that fray so that all the people in my like group know that I'm not a bad, a bad actor. And it's like, it's like that with a lot of different things. Like even with the cyberpunk thing, like there was a part of that too, where I, I, I felt compelled to jump into a fray for no real reason, but to kind of be in that space too, to be like, this is terrible. And as a person who stands up for diversity, um, I feel like I need to be counted as well to be in that, in that group and show that I'm being uh, an ally with the people who are being crapped on. And it's been interesting. Like, I th- I feel like there's a lot of sides to that. I, I didn't get called out specifically for not saying a thing, but during that whole thing that, that came up last week um, about uh, blackmail toxicity in, in the gaming spaces, um, I reached out to, to someone who kind of who kind of brought that stuff up and they kind of shared with me that they were like, yeah, well, you know, we don't see you in particular standing up or saying things um pertaining to this particular subject. And because that's not the case, I don't know if you necessarily are a person that I can trust to speak about that thing. Well, and I'm like, well, I'm like, that's a part of the performative part, right? Where it's like, I think there are lots of people who can be doing good work. And as I feel like we do here as well, I mean, like individually, I think all of us are pretty on point about our online personas and who we are as human beings. And, kind of have have been doing this work for a long time um it it took me aback for a second and i was like well i don't have to jump into every fight to still be fighting you don't have to be in every online conversation to be fighting and i feel like that's a part of the conversation that i think a lot of people don't understand is that one not everyone follows everybody two um even if you do some of us are just fucking tired because you're yeah. all, you're in that space because you've been doing it for so long. And three, there's a lot of people who once a thing is already said, you adding your layer to it doesn't make it different. Like you're, there's very yes. little things that you can say that are going to be different. That's going to bring something either nuanced or new or or important to that conversation. So like you don't have to say something about everything. And I feel like that is a huge part of the of the takeaways that I pulled from this particular conversation. It doesn't mean that we'll be less vocal about things that matter. I think it's a better idea to pick and choose your battles 
in a way that makes things seem smart and interesting and, and more poignant than just being mad about everything and sharing that mad with everybody because it doesn't really do anything in that same way. Am I, am I bugging Reed? No, no, I, I agree with you that like, I, if I see some kind of conversation happening, I never feel like I have to, well, I personally, like, I'm not like, I got to say something, even if I don't feel like saying it, you know, yeah. just to make sure that I'm checked off that I spoke up on this, but there is that pressure to do that. I agree with you that people do, you know, there is that expected performing, especially if you're in a space where you're creating content that, you know, like we do, that is dealing with marginalized like communities, you know, like, um, you know, I didn't tweet anything about the cyberpunk stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't tweet anything about, you know, there was, uh, you know, that discussion on toxicity. There was like one where a uh, blogger, uh, Lovey, kind of made these like comments about Tevin Campbell. And it was like this, like, Africanness versus African Americanness, like, conversation that yeah. was going on. Um, I generally stay out of things unless I'm like really, really feel strongly about it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'm pretty sure that some people might say, Hey, I don't see you actively doing that, but I know I'm doing the work, you know? So, um, you know, so I just kind of take, I'd rather be on that side of it where I know I'm doing it, but people don't see it. Yeah. As opposed to like me looking like I'm doing it because I'm saying all this shit, but I'm not really doing the work. Yeah, it's like it's like the conversation around the men are trash hashtag and stuff like that. It's like I saw like what was it? I had a conversation uh, with someone online maybe a week or so ago where I was talking about the propensity of people who are using or who are saying terrible things on the alt right and in the right in the rights um, the 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 not alt-right, but alt-right and right-leaning blogs and things like that on Twitter, where currently the the like mode is to, if you're one of those people who have said something racist or say something terrible, you either usually have an anime avatar, uh, you have an American flag in your, in your, in your, in your uh, thing, or you're on some like hashtag USA is the best and shit. And yeah. somebody got at me who is a, who is a listener of the show and was like, Hey, I kind of don't appreciate you kind of lumping all the people with avatar, uh, anime avatars in this kind of like, you know, kind of in this kind of grouping. And I was like, look, I'm not shitting on people who have anime avatars. If you want to rock, whatever you want to want, whatever you want to rock, that's totally fine. But you also can't say that the folks who are doing this work, or doing that stuff, haven't been using that stuff for evil purposes or been hiding behind those things, you know, that their version of anonymity by doing it that way. I was like, don't get mad at me because they fucked it up. Like those folks are the, are the bad actors doing that thing. And I am reacting to the things that I'm consistently seeing from pre gamer gate through gamer gate and beyond. So it's like, mm-hmm. again, like if the things that people are saying don't apply to you as a human being, you know, they don't apply to you like the men are trash thing. Like you don't have to speak up and be like, yo, I ain't that cat. Like you don't have to do that because you know in your heart that you're not one of them cats. Like it's not hard. Yep. You don't always have to like do that performative work to be like, yo, I'm not that person. If I you agree. know you're doing the work and you know that you are absolutely not one of those people. Now, I think that there is a part of call out culture that is 
um, disingenuous because it is also one of those things where um, people will lump you in with folks in unreasonable ways. If you, if you don't, if you're not consistently one way, which I find to be really, really difficult. So it's like, yeah, it's a mob mentality for sure. Yeah. Like that part of that part of the, of the, the online spaces and, and kind of Twitter culture, I don't necessarily care for because again, um, I could be doing everything right until I do that one thing wrong. And then once I do that one thing wrong, you're screwed. And that part yeah. is, is awful. And you just hope that the folks who rock with you and have been rocking with your work and have been paying attention to the work you have been doing can vouch for you. But in the court of public opinion, once that one thing happens, then you're fucked, which is unreasonable and, and, and not dope. And I hope that people will learn to be better about that thing. Um, and I, and I'm hoping that, you know, the, the piece that, uh, Gita talked about that I thought was really good was like, she acknowledges that sometimes talking shit about people on the internet is fun. And although it's a terrible behavior to exhibit, it is a part of the human experience where people want to feel like they are better than some other people and do it. And I think that that's, I think that's a good thing to just recognize within ourselves of just as a way to kind of remember that like, you know, Ioma Olu said something really profound at at a thing that I was at. And she was like, look, Everyone on the internet will fuck up. It's just a matter of yep. like, do you consistently fuck up or do you, are you a person who will see that fuck up, learn from it, make, make better decisions and then understand that you are a human being on the internet. Yep. And I'm like, that is the thing for me. Like, I'm not going to jump into all these pits for no reason. Um, when other people can speak about those things better than I can. And also like, it's not necessary for me to have my voice and everything. It just isn't. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That Gita piece was fantastic. Like, shout out to Gita. We got to have Gita back on the show. Um, is there any, any other last tidbits from that 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 were kind of profound to you? Uh, not really. It, it it did make me think about why why didn't I ever post on Live Journal, Kyle? Why, why didn't I post on Live Journal? <laughs> I don't think yeah. I ever had like I was. When was Live Journal like a thing? Was what era was that? Was that ninety early ninety? No, I know that I I was big at that time on like Friendster and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, so I'm um, no, yeah. So if if you haven't read that piece, once again, it's called "We Can't Fix the Internet" by Gita Jackson, the Ankataku. Definitely check it out. Word, Reef. What have you been playing? I know you've been playing some dope stuff that you wanted to talk about too. Before we get up out of here, yeah. So I've kind of paused my Dead Cells playing a little bit. Um, I found Dead Cells to be very fun when when I was like kind of leveling up and unlocking stuff and kind of like dying in maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Now it's to the point where when I pick up the game, my play sessions are like maybe an hour. Yep. And, and I slug and slug and slug and then I get to, you know, almost to the end. I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm getting really close. So now I don't have, I mean, I guess you could think of an hour as a short play session, but now all my playstations are like just long enough where I'm starting to get frustrated when I don't advance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it it was almost easier when I was getting wrecked on the on the first maybe two or three kind of levels, but like uh, now, like yeah, so it's getting a little frustrating. So I'm gonna come back to it, and I've really, really gotten into this game uh, called Shio, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, um, S I H O. Um, um, I've been playing it on the Switch as well, but I believe it's available 
um, for um, other uh, platforms as well. It's a, it's another 2D platformer, um, but it's really more of like a of like a, like a puzzler. Mm-hmm. And the main thing is like you're bouncing on these lanterns. That's basically what the whole game is. Is like you have to navigate like these puzzles by bouncing on like a lanterns. But it's really beautiful looking. It almost looks like it's like hand drawn. Um, really nice, bright, kind of like pastel co- co- colors. And it takes place, I believe, in like ancient Japan. So like the main character is like a character of like color, which is which is dope. That's super dope. Um, and it kind of has this dreamy kind of like feeling to it. Um, you you like run into these other characters that always have these weird things to like say. And they ramp up the uh, difficulty very smartly. Um, so, like, I always feel like I'm just powerful enough to get past the uh, next ch- challenge. Um, like, the music is, like, great, but um, if you're looking for something that might be deep and that kind of stuff, this isn't that. Like, it's literally, like, you know, it's a sh- straight-up puzzler where the main mechanic is you're bouncing off of lanterns. I mean, there are, like, environmental hazards and, like, that kind of stuff that definitely get heart heart harder but i'm really digging it um so if you have a, a switch i would definitely check it out shio s-h-i-o really really like it that's dope yeah that's that's fun i haven't had a chance to play that so i'm excited to jump into that um mm-hmm. you got to send me a link to that we'll also put it in the show notes too to make sure people get a chance to see what that's about um sure let's see what have i been playing uh i've been playing some madden uh, jumped into there because I'm black and you're supposed to play Madden. It's your God given right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been playing that and have been digging into the, uh, Madden ultimate team stuff that I usually okay. don't play. Um, mutting it up. I'm mutting it up right now. Um, and it's, it's feeling really good in a way that I can't really explain. Um, besides the actual like things that they've changed with the real player movement, the RPM system, um, and we'll be getting, um, uh, ben Hamiller back on the show actually pretty soon to talk actually about Madden. Um, that stuff feels really good, but it also feels like they've done some cool things with the card system. So now you can like get cards and level them up and, and, and upgrade them. So like I have Michael Vick as my quarterback. I have uh, Jerry Rice as my, was my wide receivers and Terrell Owens as well. Um, and you can level those folks up. They start off at like 77s and then you can kind of boost them up, uh, which is dope. So like, you're actually getting other cards that you can break down and then add those folks to, to that space. Um, which is, which is cool. I like, like the fact that that's a thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so that's pretty dope. Um, what else I've been playing? Pool Panic. I have two like quick mini reviews. Pool Panic, uh, is this game that touts itself as the least, uh, uh, realistic golf, um, pool simulator. Uh, which is, which is really cool. Um, so basically you have all these fantastical scenes, right? So you have, uh, play, you're playing pool and billiards on a table that is like in the forest in one level. Um, and the cue ball is doing what it usually does. It's the ball that you usually hit to knock everything else around. Um, Mm -hmm. but each of the extra, each of the other balls now have, um, personalities and attitudes. So it's like you'll try to hit um, like a yellow ball 
and the yellow balls are scared of you. So they run away from the from the cue ball when it's trying to what? trying to hit it. Um you have other ones like the like uh you'll have like some green balls and the green balls are like really heavy. Uh so they're like are ones that you can't actually do a whole bunch of stuff with. Um uh, so it's like it looks it, it it looks like adventure time is probably the best way that I can explain it. Um but it's super, super fun. I've been having a blast with it on the Switch. Um, got a chance to see it at GDC earlier this year. And it was like a thing that people would definitely like come around and look at and then be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so it's cool. Like you can play in multiple different um, like locales, stuff that's super fun. Um, it feels really good on the Switch, which is great. The art style is really fun and, and cartoony and, and, and smart. Um, and I love how when you're playing the game, um, all the levels feel very, very different. And the way that you kind of have to maneuver around obstacles feels really, really smart. Um, so I'm excited about that game. Definitely check that out on switch. Uh, make sure you tell those folks that we sent you. Um, and I went old school as well, not playing dead cells. I played some tempest 4,000. So tempest, if you are an arcade person from the year 1984 or older, uh, you remember this game where basically you're moving around a obstacle or an, or, um, a shape shooting these, uh, these aliens. And it was like definitely a, qu- a quarter muncher back in the day. It was one of those things that you would sit in there and you would like definitely spend massive amounts of money because it was like going to beat you regardless of what you thought, uh, you were going to do. Um, and Tempest 4000 is a reimagining of that game, uh, but with newer graphics, new, new sound packs. Um, and, and more kinds of, uh, uh, modes that you can play in that game as well has been really, really cool. Like it's awesome to see Atari kind of digging into stuff like that again, like bringing back some old favorites, but in new forms, um, it's still hard as fuck, <laughs> which is cool, uh, <laughs> which is kind of actually great. Uh, it is not forgiving in the ways that you would think that they would kind of like make games a little bit easier. But it's super fun. Like it's a game that you can pick up in small bursts. Um, and it feels like the, what was the, um, Xbox Live game that had that kind of wireframe graphics to it? I forgot what it was called. It was a score. Geometry Wars? Geometry Wars. Yes. It was, it, it has, yeah. it still has that like Geometry Wars feel because of the way that the wireframe graphics work. Um, mm-hmm. but Tempest is like, there isn't a lot to it. Which is a, which is the, the little bit of a downside. It, there isn't a lot of stuff that you can do besides the main modes, um, which I wish that they kind of figured out and kind of did a revamp, like how they did with Halo, where they had the old graphics right. and then they did like the hit a button and you get like all these sexy new graphics. It would be cool if yeah. they did something like that with that game, but they didn't. So it's definitely a cool thing you should check out. Uh, make sure you, uh, tell the folks over Atari as well that we sent you over there. Um, and that's cool. kind of yeah, it besides also, that. I, I, I'm currently downloading Pool Panic. Oh, uh, yeah. Download Pool Panic. It's super good. Though I must say that the main cue ball character is terrifying. Yeah. It looks like an absolutely something I'd have nightmares about. It is. It and is. also, it's it, it's an adult swim game, so yep. I kind of know what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> um, Really quick before yeah, we... Like it's, it's only 15 bucks too. Yeah, it's super reasonable on price, too. It's like not, not expensive. Um, really quick before we uh, do the social media business and any last shout-outs... Huge, uh, uh, shout out to Lee Alexander and the folks over at Reigns for getting a, yes. um, tie in with Game of Thrones and Reigns, which is a yes. huge, huge deal, 
not only for that team, but for uh, uh, Devolver Digital um, to pull that off was craziness today. Like I saw that pop through the wire and I was like, what is that about? So you're going to get to play Reigns with a, a game of a game of thrones twist to it which is going to be really funky so shout out to lee who wrote who wrote on that game um and shout out to the team uh who made it uh because that's really really fantastic they got to work with hbo that's nuts yeah that's madness yeah 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 it was absolutely dope like you can put who you want on the throne and then Drive them crazy because Reigns is super hard. Reigns <laughs> is super hard. Uh, and Game of Thrones is super hard to just stay alive in Westeros, so it, so it fits. Yep. For real. Red card wedding for everybody. It's, it's going to happen <laughs> at some point. Um, Reef, can you give everybody at home the social media business for episode 249, please? Sure, guys. Uh, Spawnon.me is the website that has our entire podcast archive, pics of us, and links to other wonderful things as well. Um, if you want to catch us on Twitter, which is one of our main spaces of communication, you can go to at Spawnami on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook page. You can go to Facebook.com slash Spawnami as well. Um, if you're listening to the audio show, which releases every Tuesday, please remember that we do broadcast these live on Twitch every Thursday um, at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, so you can see our beautiful faces and... Uh, and uh, join the uh, chat as well. Um, and uh, if you want to uh, go above and beyond with your support for us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash me. You can get access to our premium podcast, um, background videos, all that good stuff. Um, and just help us, you know, upgrade our audio, video, get to conventions, and continue to bring you um the uh dope perspective that we feel like that um we have so um also if you want to shoot us a email you can go to spawnamipodcast at gmail.com and that's also our instagram as well um spawnamipodcast so check us out word we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff um popping up on our social feeds throughout the days of packs um again make sure you come through Episode 250 is going to be really, really dope. Uh, we're going to be out there rocking real hard uh, with me, Cicero, Blessing, and, and Grand Pooh Bear. Uh, we're going to hopefully have a, a couple of cool things as well planned for that episode taping during the live show. Uh, we'll have some pins and stuff to give out. Uh, we may have some shirts. We'll see if they actually get to me before, before next week. Um, but definitely come through. We want that house packed. We want to make sure that everyone is there. Um, and thank you for the birthday bits up in the chat as well. Uh, I'm going to take them as birthday bits. Ha ha ha. But <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Please make sure you come through. I call reef mid, mid, mid yawn on, on the switchback <laughs> from the panel thing. Um, but again, it was a beautiful yawn. It was a, it was a great yawn. It was a, it was a majestic yawn. Um, yes, but we're super excited again. Like getting to episode 250 is a real big milestone for us. Um, I've been ref- been reflecting a lot about everything that's happened for us and to us in the past four, almost five years uh, of making a show and making a show has been a labor of love in lots of different ways for all of us. Um, so to have all of you there will mean a lot to, to, to me personally, for the rest of everybody on the show as well, to be able to say that we rocked it super hard at PAX with our names all up in the, the flyer. What is it? What does he call a thing? What do you call a thing at a show? What do you call the brochure? It's not a brochure. That's not what they call it. You know what I'm talking about. God damn it, Reef. 
Damn it, Reef. I can't <laughs> think of it. Anyway, you know what I'm talking no, about. No, uh, you're breaking up a bit, so I couldn't hear what you were oh, saying. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's totally fine. But anyway, come on through. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, we're we're going to get up out of here. See y'all not next week because Thursday we will not have a show. Uh, everything will be recorded live uh, from PAX. So peace until then. Um, everybody who's in the chat currently before we sign off, uh, definitely hang out for a little bit because I want to say something real fast. Uh, but everybody else who's listening to podcasts in Twitch land, we'll say peace. Peace, y'all.